The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Fields, the throw, steps up, delivers deep down the field. He's got a receiver, a line touchdown, Buckeyes! 57 yards! And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson. And today we are moving on to number two in the hurry up hot seat. Our countdown of the top 20 teams in the preseason rankings on CBSSports.com with the authors of those previews. Today's preview, well, it was authored by Tom Fernelli. So Tom Fernelli, familiar face, familiar voice here on the uh, Cover 3 Podcast and the hurry up hot seat to the stand Tom, the Ohio State Buckeyes fell painstakingly, heartbreakingly short of competing for the national championship one season ago. They bring back a quarterback. It's year two with Brian Day as the full-time coach. Do you think that they will take that extra step and be playing for a national championship in 2020? I think if you mean by reaching the college football playoff, yeah, I'm not going to guarantee that they're going to reach the title game although i do think that they have a very good shot it's just when i clearly they have to win the big 10 first and there are a lot of questions around this team heading into the season like there, there's unknowns but i still get the feeling just based on you know every team has some unknowns and the unknowns with ohio state are simply who are the new stars going to be not so much as who's going to re- how are they going to replace this guy because we've seen year after year Ohio State replaced pretty much everybody. You know, Joey Bosa goes to the league. Oh, my God, look at that edge How are they going to go? Oh, wait, here's Nick Bosa. Oh, my God, how are they going to replace him? Oh, wait, here's Chase Young. This is a team that has recruited at a incredible level ever since Urban Meyer took over the program in 2012, and Ryan Day has helped keep that up. They're currently, you know, number one in the country in the 2021 class. And really, the last time they had a recruiting class that wasn't ranked in the top five, I think, was 2015. Every other class has been in the top five, and that 2015 class fell darn it all the way to seven. Gee, I hope they they were just barely able to survive that. And by the way, that class also included a bunch of NFL draft picks, including guys like Joe Burrow, Damon Arnett. So it's it, they they found they found plenty of value in those classes too. So, yeah, there are questions, and I'm sure we're going to get to more specifics as we go along here. But I think that if we're being realistic, I mean, they're at number two in our preseason ranking for a reason, and I think that everybody here in this courtroom or this podcast room, whatever we want to call it, 
would probably agree with me on that. Uh, okay. Well, look, the I think that Ohio State is a talented. I think Ohio State has a talented roster. I get, I get it. I don't, I don't dispute those facts. All right. And yet, when I look at just sort of a projected depth chart for Ohio State, I see, I see the quarterback returning. Yes, but while Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson return. There is a lot that departs at wide receiver. There is run questions at running back, whether it's Trey Sermon, Master Teague, regardless, like the running back position isn't one. You know, they lose J.K. Dobbins. I don't think we're going to consider it right now elite. <laughs> Defensively, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of really good players mm-hmm. are gone from that defensive line. A lot of really good players are gone from that secondary. Are we just dismissing, glossing over the idea that they just lost a bevy of first rounds and early round NFL draft talent? And why should we dismiss that? I mean, I know recruiting matters, but we're talking number two in the country. We're, we're holding them to a high standard here. Explain to me, how we can just uh, assume that all these guys are, are, are going to be seamlessly replaced. And if, if not, like, is there at least any area that you're concerned? Well, I, I think you got to start with, you know, you mentioned Justin Fields is back. And I think that when you have a quarterback of that caliber, you kind of, you're, you're, you're not as concerned about replacing some of those other guys because it's like, okay, well, we still have either the best or second best quarterback in the country. And that's going to go a very long way on a football field. So I think that glances over, but you mentioned like they lose a lot of wide receivers from last year that they lost quite a few, but KJ Hill was the only one of them was dra- that who was drafted and he has some school records, but those are career records mostly because he was a good player, but he was also there, you know, starting and playing for four seasons. He didn't leave early to go to the NFL and then he left to the NFL and he, it's not like he was a first or second round pick. So they lose receivers, but if you're being honest, while they were all good players and they were all good for Ohio state, I don't know that you would consider any of them to be like an alpha wide receiver. Like the, the there weren't the Jerry Judys or the CD Lambs or those kinds of guys that we saw going in the early rounds last year on this offense. This was still an offense that was mostly built around Dobbins and Fields. So I do think Dobbins is the much larger loss for them. But I think that while there's not going to be a situation where they're going to have a complete workhorse as Dobbins, because I like Master Teague. Teague was very good as a backup kind of change of pace, bigger kind of power back you know, for them. He doesn't have the all-around game that Dobbins does, but that's where Sermon comes in, where he's a little bit more Dobbins-like in that he can help out more in the pass game, or at least he's proven he can. The question there will be, you know, it, he's got to stay healthy. He had some problems with that at Oklahoma. But I still think that when you put that together and you look at the other backs in the depth chart, it's probably going to be more by committee than anything. But I think that compared with fields in the backfield, their rushing game and just the the way that they, you know, their offensive line can block, they should be fine. If I have concerns, the biggest one that I have would be in the secondary because not only do you, you know, you lose three, three of your four starters in the secondary were drafted. The only returner from that was a regular starter, not just that played plenty of guys saw action, but the only returning starter is Sean Wade. Now, Sean Wade is a very good player. Sean Wade, like Jeffrey Akuda, could be a top five pick in the draft next spring. He's that good of a player. 
And there's a lot of inexperience around him. You know, you've got guys like Seven Banks and Cameron Brown who have played, but they haven't really had to take on that kind of, you know, starter role where they're out there lining up against the other team's best receiver. So there are questions in that area. But these are all very talented players, and I do think that the defense as a whole should be good. Maybe it won't be as truly as elite as it has been because, you know, guys like with Chase Young and them gone, you know, they've lost 31 of the 54 sacks that they had just in four players alone. But I still think that, you know, as we've seen, you know, Davon Hamilton's back on the defensive line. Uh, John Cornell's back. These are good players who weren't really studs as far as getting the attention because guys like Chase Young got the attention. But they're good players, and now will be their time to shine. And even behind them, they still have Pete Werner and Tuff Borland at linebacker who were two very productive players for the Buckeyes last year. Oh, yeah, Zach Harrison. There's a name I forgot to mention. Somebody who kind of played in limited doses he wasn't like a key player for them last year but when he did play he stood out you noticed him you're like oh okay he's next guy's probably yeah he's probably going to be the next dude so there's there's a lot there to look at and think that all right they're they're going to be just fine do you think that the penn state appears to be the closest competitor the spot on the schedule that is um you know, maybe the most dangerous in terms of a potential loss would be that October 24th date in Happy Valley. We will see what happens with that Oregon road game, but the where do you see the spots on the schedule that concern you for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Because they were... I, I, I think that it has been forgotten how close Ohio State was to LSU from our vision and how when we considered the best teams in all of college football, Ohio State and LSU were sitting on the same tier together. LSU went on to have dominant performance in the Peach Bowl, dominant performance in the national championship game, you know, potentially the best team of all time. And I think that that has taken Ohio State out of context, but maintaining that success is very difficult without some kind of slip-ups where are the potential slip-ups on the schedule? You know, it's funny you, sh- you ask that because it's I look at this schedule for Ohio State. And I, it's not an easy schedule, so I don't want it to get taken that way. But I think that while I think this schedule looks a lot more difficult on the surface than it actually is, I do think that road trip to Penn State in the middle of it is probably the biggest hurdle that they have to accomplish. But we mentioned that game against Oregon in the second week of the year in Eugene. On the surface, that's a really difficult game. You're playing at Oregon, a team that won the Pac-12 and is very talented. But you're also playing an Oregon team who we don't know who their starting quarterback is right now. You know, they're Justin Herbert. Their first-round draft pick is gone. And if I want to catch Oregon at Oregon at any time of the year, it's on the road, or or not not on the road, but early in the year, the second game of the season. So Ohio State's going to be coming in there with Justin Fields, one of the best QBs in the nation. And I think that overall talent-wise, while Mario Cristobal's enhanced that program, I think there's still a pretty significant gap between Oregon and Ohio State. So I like the Buckeyes to go in that game and win it early in the season. Their next tough test after, you know, Buffalo and Rutgers, which shouldn't be a problem at all, they get a bye, and then they face Iowa. Iowa, a tough team from the West, but Iowa, like Oregon, is also replacing a like a three-year, four-year starter at quarterback. So they're a team that's in a different situation in the game that, on the surface, looks a lot more difficult. Then there's the road trip to Michigan State, and then there's that Penn State game, which, okay, that is the one spot they could slip up. But I do think that when I look at this situation, Ohio State, even if it slips up during the regular season— are we sure that Penn State's not going to slip up against somebody else and have, you know, two losses in conference? I think that Ohio State can survive a loss most of the time. Mm. It's just who the loss comes to 
will be a determining factor in their playoff hopes. But as far as the Big Ten, I look like I said, this back half of the schedule, Nebraska, Indiana, and Columbus. I don't see a concern there unless Nebraska takes a significant step forward. Indiana, much better team than we're used to seeing, but I still don't think it's going into Columbus to beat Ohio State. Two road games against Maryland and Illinois. Anybody scared of those right now if you're Ohio State? Not a knock on Maryland and Illinois, but again, the gap between them and the Buckeyes is huge. And then, of course, Michigan at home. I feel like the laws of, you know, laws of probability say that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are going to beat Ohio State at some point. I just don't know that I think that it's this year in Ohio Stadium. So for me, the biggest trap, biggest trap, the biggest hurdle will be that at Penn State game in the middle of the season. But again, I think overall there's a lot of big names on this schedule, but if you dig deeper, I don't think it's that difficult of a schedule, at least for Ohio State. Chip, what is what is where is Ohio State ranked in our countdown? Number two. Okay, Mr. Fernelli. Uh, you have a reputation in our circles as someone that comes on the stand to defend your clients and downgrade your client on the stand. Mm-hmm. Basically smears their name and then runs off and cashes a check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ohio State, your client ranked second in the countdown are you prepared to defend that they are the second best team in the country or are you gonna pull another one of your shenanigans and tell us that they should be significantly lower basically i'm putting you to the test here and telling you where do you see ohio state at the end of the season you can't rank them lower than second the only place you can rank them that isn't second is first you can make an argument that they're better than clemson or they should be ranked ahead of clemson during the regular season it's not an argument i support i had clemson ahead of ohio state on my ballot as well but i don't think that based on what we saw last year you can rightfully rank anybody like alabama georgia or lsu with what we know ahead of ohio state going in because like clemson they've got you know one of the two best quarterbacks in the nation and in a lot of with so many things that are unknown about football in general in the offseason and then you throw on this offseason having that quarterback is a huge boost for a team's ability and probability as far as trying to figure out how good it's going to be. So, no, I can't sit here and say that this team doesn't deserve to be ranked second. That's not to say things can't go wrong and that they could finish outside of the playoff because, as we've seen, great Ohio State teams have gone on the road and got blown out by Purdue for some reason, and it's cost them a playoff berth. That could happen. I don't think it's likely. I think that you have to see an injury to Justin Fields or somebody for it to happen because, again, as we go through the schedule, I don't know where that trap game is. I don't think Indiana, if it was at Indiana, I feel like might have been able to be it. But since that's in Columbus, I'm not really buying it. So, no, I I can't say the rank lower than second. But as for my quote, quote, reputation about being a team (laughs) or a lawyer that comes on and smears his client, here's the simple fact. I'm not smearing any of my clients. The previous teams I've represented, I've represented with complete and full honesty. When there have been flaws about these teams, I have admitted the flaws. When I look at this Ohio State team, I don't see a whole lot of flaws. I am just being honest in my assessment of my client, and I think of my client as one of the two best teams in the nation, sir. He is Tom Fernelli, and he has been relieved from the hurry-up hot seat. Thank you very much, sir. 
My pleasure. Burning it down on the way out. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. He is Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.